Hello and welcome to all of our listeners. My name is Neve Kinsler and you are listening to the College Views News Review podcast. Joining me this evening is Editor-in-Chief Evine Megan and Deputy Editor Shauna Burdus. I just want to put a trigger warning here that about 21 minutes and 40 seconds into the show we discuss eating disorders so for any listeners who are uncomfortable by that please stop listening at that moment and if you are struggling you can contact Bodywise that's B-O-D-Y-W-H-Y-S online or ring their helpline on 01-210-7906. Coming up on this episode we'll be talking about sexing research and shagfest in DCU, the gossip and parody accounts of DCU, struggling university students trying to complete practical hands-on courses online and a concerning rise in people seeking help for eating disorders during the pandemic. But up first I have here with me Evine who's going to bring us through our first story of the day. Yeah, so there was research recently done by the National Anti-Bullying Centre in DCU looking at sexting amongst teenagers. And the findings that they had were pretty interesting. They found that more girls were receiving unwanted sexts. Um, so that's it could be could be images, it could be texts, it could be like any basically any sort of message that you could send is what constitutes a sext. So a major concern for researchers in this study was that a minority of students who were asked for or received texts, they were asked for or received them from strangers, adults or others, which the researchers found pretty concerning in relation to student safety. Yeah, so when I was reading it, it was kind of just a bit daunting, wasn't it? seeing this and I didn't even realize until the end of the article that I think it was it was a study done for 15 to 18 year olds so they're still pretty young you know yeah yeah and they're just having still in secondary school yeah exactly they're just having this like push on them was there any further research done into this in the sense where like for example did people feel pressured to send them after being requested and like was there statistics between being asked in relationships or by people you know or by strangers um, yeah, so as I said there, like girls were frequently asked more than boys. And um, so about 29% of girls were frequently asked to send sexually explicit images versus 15% of boys. And also a huge concern for researchers was the number of girls receiving sex that they hadn't requested. So that was at 20, oh, almost 22%, I think 21.9%. So that was concerning for researchers in relationship to consent um, and students not consenting to these images being sent to them, which is a major problem and is actually a form of image-based sexual assault. Yeah, I didn't actually know that before reading it. And as I was just going to ask you there, I think in the article, there's a quote from Mairead Fuji. Uh, the head researcher of the report saying non-consensual sharing of sexual images as this can cause victimization and is a form of online sexual harassment and abuse and um, like I never actually knew that this was a form of online sexual harassment and abuse and it obviously shows that we just aren't taught enough about this in schools or in college just in general like it's only kind of coming to the forefront now yeah, so um, over the last, say, six months or so, there's been a lot more discussion about 
consent in the online sphere. So whether that's receiving messages or sending them, a lot of problems relating to image-based sexual assault. And actually last week, there was a harassment and harmful communications bill was finally introduced. Um, it was proposed by the Labour leader, I think last year or a couple of years ago, and it was introduced last week. Um, it's also known as COCA's law. And as part of that, it says that sending or sharing someone's images without their consent is a form of abuse and is now illegal. And also then it works the other way around that sending someone images that they haven't requested or haven't consented to receiving is also a form of assault. It's kind of about time when when everything was happening with like the kind of IBSA and for listeners that's just shortened image-based sexual assault. I didn't realise it was, you know, it kind of worked the other way where people sending you them was also considered that. And I know there's so many problems there with you receiving a photo, say someone sends you a photo and then you send it on like you have to have consent from that person you shouldn't be doing that anyway but yeah absolutely from that person and it's about time we kind of you know we have legislation for that yeah I think the major when I was speaking to Mairead and then later on I was also speaking to Dean the major problem is the like conversation that needs to be had around consent and awareness of what's appropriate and what's not appropriate not only keeping yourself safe but making sure that other people feel safe if you are engaging in those kind of relationships. Yeah, exactly. Even obviously like the past week in DCU and I'm sure in other colleges like in Ireland, it's been what's known as SHAGFEST, which stands for Sexual Health Awareness and Guidance. And as you say in the article, it is designed to educate students on consent boundaries and healthy relationships as well as body positivity it's a whole week dedicated to this however is there any smaller scale equivalent in DCU that people can access regularly like sexual health classes for example um yeah so there's no sexual health classes run officially by DCU but so there's resources on their website as part of the DCU healthy initiative those resources can give you info on safe sex consent STIs sexual health There's loads of resources that you can just read, give you information. They also have a service that provides free STI tests to students, and those will test students for specific STIs, and it'll be based on whether they're male or female. And students can also meet with a nurse to talk about issues or things relating to contraception or family planning. That, I think, is paid, but it's not as expensive as going to a doctor a regular GP might be. So DCU does try and give students resources, but there aren't any sexual health classes being run. I know the DCU SU runs consent classes. They were running them consent workshops during Shag Week. As far as I remember, they have done them in the past at the start during Freshers Week to kind of introduce this idea of consent to first years. So between DCU SU and the college themselves, the university themselves, they do try and inform students as much as they can. Okay, yeah, well, I think we need, we do need more of that and it's good to see that it actually happens. And now our listeners know if you need any of those resources, they are there for you. So if you want to bring us through our second story today, wrote by Neve Glennon. Yeah, so Neve was speaking to someone from the Society Life Committee who run clubs and socks, mostly involved with the societies. 
and the person that she was speaking to she wasn't the the individual wasn't named in the article they warned dcu societies from getting involved with social media accounts such as dcut or dcu confessions so these accounts are on instagram was dcut and so dcu confessions was on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. So these accounts are anonymous with DCU confessions. They can send in confessions relating to university life and DCU anonymously. And then the moderator of the account will publish them. And then with DCUT, it's sort of a similar idea. The individuals could send in gossip, really anything relating to DCU. And then the moderator would publish them anonymously. Yeah, I've seen them quite a bit since we started in DCU. There's obviously the ones mentioned in the article, but I think the one most prominent for me in my memories is DCU Shush, Library Shush Lady. She was on Twitter and that was kind of just a parody account. It was kind of funny. Not as serious, I guess, as the ones that are on Instagram now between like the Tinder ones and just ones like that. Was there any indication or like specific incident recently that made the clubs and socks and the Society Life Committee say this? Like, as you state in the article, no student has yet to come forward to Clubs and Socks with a complaint of a society social media page interacting with one of these gossip accounts. Yeah, so it's possible that this was related to the recent findings from DCUT that the owner and the, the person who was running the account actually wasn't a student. Um, so they were turned out and we actually had a feature article from Jamie McCarran last issue where he spoke to the owner of the account who was actually based in the United States so had absolutely no connection to DCU so that could be why the Society Life Committee felt it was necessary to get involved and make a statement about societies interacting with these accounts. The SLC rep she didn't want to name and shame any of the societies which is is fair enough so I'm not sure what the individual issues were but I would imagine it's it's just societies either sharing, liking, commenting, or even participating in the content that's being produced on these accounts. Yeah, so there wouldn't really be any examples of clubs and societies accounts interacting with the gossip accounts unless you went specifically looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you or Shauna know anyone who's had a bad experience with these accounts? I, like myself, remember when DCU confessions stopped it stopped because there was lots of harassment towards the owner of the page on Twitter yeah I personally haven't um I don't know about Shona but I was following the uproar on Twitter after the bullying allegations on the confessions account and and it was getting pretty nasty I I didn't know anyone directly involved with it but it's this problem with social media that especially when things are anonymous things can get very out of control yeah very true you don't you don't really have a face behind the account so they're kind of like we can they're not as worried about what they say or what they do Mm. or who they hurt so I think it's important though to note that not all of these kind of DCU-centered accounts that aren't official from the university but things like which Neve mentioned in the article TIN DCU and DCU singles were the two she particularly mentioned are designed to as a sort of dating page and to connect DCU students who are single Um, And these ones, so far, there hasn't been any problems with bullying or harassment or anything like that. And in the article, I think it was a representative from TIN DCU 
did say that that they don't haven't had any problems with that and these things they are good fun they can be a good laugh but you have to be so careful that you're not either explicitly like saying people's names on them and getting them in trouble or getting people to bully them because their name has appeared on it it's really you have to be careful so I guess with Tin DCU and DCU singles in their case it's kind of bringing people together when they can't physically be together on campus even if it is kind of just for a laugh it's it's nice in a way more people are probably getting to know each other and know faces around DCU for when they eventually do get to go back on campus. Yeah and I've definitely noticed a growing popularity in these sort of accounts in the last year. They've always existed, they've existed even when people were in secondary school like they they existed on Facebook or in different forms but this year they're definitely more popular and I think there is that level of people want to have connection either to their peers or feel like they're a part of something. Um, because we're not on campus we're not able to attend events we're not able to go and hang out with people so this is one way of creating a connection between DCU students. Yeah exactly I'm going to just go to Shauna now so thanks for your time Evie and you can pop into our next discussion so Shauna is going to bring us to our next story which kind of ties in with what we were talking about Evie there with students on campus and everything really campus related in DCU. So you can go ahead there, Shauna. So this story I wrote myself and it's the headline is university students are struggling to complete practical courses online. Basically for this article, I spoke to a variety of students who are struggling to complete practical courses. And it's just a case of they can't access equipment or they can't get into laboratories to do their projects, basically. And this is having an effect on their like education and their grades because they're nervous about how they'll do. I was speaking to a UCD student and three DC students and all of them just were disappointed with the universities. They felt that they just didn't pull through for them and it's just been a really hard time for them. Yeah, I know. Like, obviously our course is supposed to be very hands-on and I think that's what, for me anyway, when I initially applied, it was kind of one of the factors, you know, a lot of the modules are very hands-on and it was, you know, exciting. You got to do a lot of stuff that's very practical for the course and you get experience for when you're put into the outside world but we're not getting that experience anymore and I know other courses are the same that are supposed to be practical they're just not getting that experience so we know that DCU suspended all on-campus teaching but has all other universities in Ireland or are some practical courses in different colleges still on campus? So from what I've gathered the information, I've seen that it actually varies from most universities. I know that DCU are continuing basically completely online. UCD has also suspended all classes until, well, all on-campus classes until um, we came out of level five. But now that we're still in it till Easter, possibly, there will be talks of them possibly extending that then further. In the case of Trinity, their website states that actually lectures, tutorials and small classes are online. But essential labs are still taking place on campus so it's like varying for different universities I think as well in Dublin it's very across the board like it's different situations because we do have the highest cases here of COVID so yeah I suppose like it's kind of with the big universities here a lot of students gathering in the one spot I suppose it's trying to keep people safe like just following public health guidelines they're just worried basically about the quality of their education how they're going to come out of this I have like one quote in the article and it's a UCD student a third year chemistry student 
And he's basically saying that personally, I can't stand the semester. I'm a third year chemistry student whose whole degree is based on learning scientific ideas and then applying them in the lab. Yet now I can't go into the labs to do my experimentations. This um, particular student has a internship coming up and for that they're expected to like know these things and to be able to do them from experience in labs and now he hasn't got that so it's only going to reflect badly on him do you know if you know what I mean yeah. like rather than the university that he doesn't know how to do this if they won't really look that far so I think it's just you know it's it's more of a worry now not only are we completing our courses online but we're worried about like the level of our education suffering now because of this because we can't get hands-on experience like I have Neve Quinlan you see like journalism student in here as well and she's saying that she's missing the hands-on approach and feeling like she's been you know kind of forgotten about and just she just can't like really come to terms with it it's not fair she's missing out on being out in the world and doing these things so it's a it's a personal feeling too that you're kind of being forgotten about yeah yeah like for everyone listening and probably don't know the three of us here myself Shauna and Evie we're all final year journalism students in DCU so for final year students like ourselves we will have completed a year and a half of our course online which essentially means because we're doing a three-year course we will have completed half of our very hands-on course all online obviously current leaving search students have been making headlines in the news recently relating to what's going to happen with their course and with their leaving search exams but what about final year students in the same boat like, have we been addressed at all by the government recently? I think we were mentioned, I think, back once in like October, November when the budget came out and uh, Minister for Higher Education, Simon Harris, was like, right, here's 250 euro now, like on your way, you're grand. That's enough now, you're sorted. Keep quiet kind of thing. Like, it's not, like, we're just being completely overlooked. Yeah, I just think there hasn't been enough acknowledgement of the fact that students, and like, in particular, the example you said of the chemistry student where he's going to have to go into an internship with no experience of what he's supposed to be doing and that's the whole point of doing these courses that's why you go to college is to learn how to do these practical aspects and it and then be able to be competent in the working world so it's then holding students back and will hold them back when they go to get jobs yeah like I know for listeners as well like we're all in journalism so our course is so practical like we I think in first year, second year, and even third year now, we've had modules in radio and they're modules where we've actually been in the radio room and we can't access that now. So we can't get the hands-on experience of working a radio desk. Like if you ask me now, I wouldn't be able to tell you. So it's things like that that we're suffering with now and it's getting equipment like for you doing projects for like your final project is accessing equipment I know that you've got some but it's not like it's been a whole year thing where we've had modules where we couldn't get equipment last semester and things and it's, we're expected to just use our phones for these stuff where they're meant to have mics and things so it's really kind of gonna so like we're really being impacted by this it's not really fair you know yeah mm. and I know a big argument that has been made by people I know in our course obviously it's everyone's in the same boat where they're paying their tuition which is three grand a year and with that comes obviously usually your access to college equipment labs if you need them for us we have the Mac labs the radio studio everything alike the loans office but we haven't had access to that and in turn last semester a lot of us had to buy some of our own equipment be it a tripod or a mini microphone if we thought we needed it a handheld little tripod and usually you know that money is what our tuition is kind of going towards because we're getting the access in college but you're just spending more money that we didn't have. I think the extra monetary pressure that this is putting on students as well is really unfair 
because yeah as you said they're expected to go out and buy equipment or even the fact that all students now have to have a functioning laptop most lecturers will want you to have your camera on decent internet connection all of these things add up and they cost money and students can't afford to continue just adding on to their bills on top of paying fees I actually um, spoke to more students since I wrote the article and I spoke to another final year DCU student from communications and she was saying that it's been an extremely stressful process. Uh, we're not supplied with any materials and we were instructed to do our projects on our phones. This put us all at extreme disadvantage and many of us didn't have the newest phones with great camera quality. Um, it was an extremely stressful process that could have been cleared up had the college taken the time to sit down and consider how cameras and microphones could have been sanitised. Um, I don't believe DCU have done enough to aid the students, especially as a final year student, when 90% of our final year degree will rely on this year's results and not receive the same standard of education as previous final years. Yeah, basically, that's it in a nutshell. Exactly. Like, I, one of my main worries was that, obviously, I picked to do a final year project over a dissertation because I wanted to have this big body of journalistic work to show to employers when I come out of my course. And that body of journalistic work is not, the standard of it is not going to be as good as if we had access to actual equipment. And it'll probably be a case where when I'm doing it, I will be proud of myself. But because the standard won't be as good, I might not think that, you know, it's worth showing to employers. And that's a whole half a year wasted, like maybe even more because I've been working on it since last semester and I'll be working on it until the end of April so exactly like we're just conscious now that the quality just won't be the same as it could have yeah. been if we had had access to the equipment it's just I think it's one of the biggest problems I mean it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed it's kind of like we all just have to deal with it at this point because we've been dealing with it for so long already so yeah if you want to bring us through our last article of the day Shauna yeah, so this article was written by Emily Clark and the headline is Sharp Rise in People Seeking Help for Eating Disorders During the Pandemic. This piece is really important, especially now with the newest figures after being released by the Irish Medical Journal, where they say that 66% rise in hospital admissions for eating disorders in 2020 compared to 2019. It's been a really stressful year for everyone and especially people who are suffering from eating disorders or mental health like it's this has been a very isolating really like daunting stressful year and it's really hard to kind of live a normal life right now and continue on with everything as it is because basically like we're not we're in a completely different situation so in this article anyway she speaks to some really great people like Bodywise. she speaks to dc professor of psychology dr stella vlaku really great people who give some great advice and it's it's a great reader recommended for people to just have a look at it and just really see that the effects that this pandemic is actually having like really like really strong negative effects as well there's some statistics in there as well just to educate people on how this is really increasing and how this needs immediate attention it was very like a start driven with some of the figures i never really considered that happening yeah. like people with eating disorders kind of going back in their ways i guess in how they felt and like i know body wise is coded a lot in the article but for listeners that might benefit from their services, can you just explain what they do? Because I don't think it was explained in the article. Yeah, so Bodywise is the Eating Disorders Association of Ireland and they're founded in 1995. And um, it's the national voluntary organisation supporting people affected by eating disorders. 
so basically on their website then their mission is to ensure support awareness and understanding of eating disorders amongst the wider community as well as advocating for the rights and health and the healthcare needs of people affected by eating disorders so they have a really strong mission obviously it's a really positive thing that i noticed on their website then was their ethos and that was that people with eating disorders can and do recover i think it's really important for people to remember all these things people with eating disorders should not be discriminated against or stigmatized and i mental health in general eating disorders it's still there's a huge stigma attached to it all and it's it is being discussed more openly but there's still people are still kind of shying away from it. I guess don't really want to deal with it people eating disorders have a right to have their health care and needs met including access to appropriate information quality services and choices in treatment provision that's only some of their ethos and it's really great and really educational website for people to have a look at and they have health numbers there they have a lot of services that they can provide and it's just kind of to have a look yourself and to just see what what you think so if any of our listeners do you want the help of bodywise you can visit their site online or again ring their helpline on 0121079906 so it states also in the article that the national eating disorder treatment plan aims to provide the recovery of those with eating disorders in ireland and to focus on patient feedback to develop eating disorder services uh, this was launched in 2018 and Yet three years later, it seems to be going nowhere in a sense. And the pressure of helping people suffering lies within groups like Bodywise and Counseling Services. Do we know why they're not using the funding they've been given for the plan? So services like Bodywise and Counseling Services and Independent or with organisations are being completely overwhelmed. And the HSE needs to just gather itself together and the resources it has and just begin a vigorous process of reshaping its eating disorder treatment. The plan was launched in at the start of 2018 and is meant to ensure access to specialist care across the country. In 2018, 1.5 million euro was allocated to the plan. However, they just spent 137,000 of it. And in 2019, 1.6 million was allocated, but no money was spent. These both were two years that we were not in a pandemic as well. So I don't see why they couldn't have been working away. So according to the HSE now, a balance of 3.94 million euro remains in place. And the HSE has said that this funding remains fully in place for recruitment of eating disorder posts in 2021. But we've seen in previous years, like 2018 and 2019, that the HSE haven't fulfilled their promises about eating disorder treatment. So what to say that they're going to do different this year? The money is there for them to use. Like, and obviously, given the year that you've had and the proof is there that it's been a really rough year for people with eating disorders, like, they need to put that money somewhere and start helping people more rather than just relying on the likes of Bodywise and counselling services. So obviously in the article as well, it's mentioned that anxiety related to COVID-19 and then also the stigma of seeing people work out online daily on the likes of social media like Instagram. It can have a serious effect on people with eating disorders and has seen to be a cause for the rise in people seeking help during the pandemic for eating disorders. Is there some advice that we can give our listeners to help them overcome or even just help them in general kind of deal with this stigma online? We don't have to become obviously a better version of ourselves as we see it during the pandemic. So many people have been saying, you know, what have you done differently to better yourself? You don't have to be a better version of yourself. You just kind of, you just need to wake up every day feeling healthy and happy and try to get through it as best you can. You don't have to do loads of these new things make yourself a better person just try to get through it as best you can yeah I think um during the pandemic especially back during the first lockdown um social media was the best and the worst thing 
the best in terms of staying connected with everyone and the worst in terms of seeing other people doing things, workouts constantly and stuff and making you feel like, oh, should I be doing that? Should I be following that? I think the best piece of advice that I could give was to try not to compare yourself to people, especially when it's online and it's this false and misleading image because you don't see everything, obviously. Like During the pandemic, we've seen like an overwhelming amount of people posting about bettering themselves and just trying to use the lockdown to take up a million new hobbies. I didn't take up one new hobby during the lockdown. I don't even think I read a book. So like it's it was just people taking it. Like I took at my own pace, like every day was just different, not different, but different in the sense of what I'd done because um, I just thought that we're living this whole new like life and there's it's so much pressure trying to just adapt to what that was without having to take up new hobbies and better yourself and all this stuff like it was just taking care of yourself was the main thing not bettering yourself yeah exactly that is a really good way to put it I took up one kind of new hobby for it lasted for a week I got up at quarter past six half six every day it lasted for one week and since then I try do it every day and I sleep for an extra two hours I just can't do it anymore so yeah I just get through it. I don't know about you, but I was bombarded with the Chloe thing workout. People posting all about that. I think yeah. I tried it once and I quit immediately. It was not for me. Home yeah, workout. I, I, I tried the, the Chloe thing workouts. I was stuck in cabin for two months. I basically, I went home for one week during the first lockdown. My mom works in the hospital. And then I kind of realized, you know, it's not safe enough to come back to Dublin. So I stayed in my mom's for two months. And I think every day I nearly tried to do a Chloe thing workout. And I got my 13 year old brother involved in it so I felt like I had someone there to have company and just have a bit of fun a gym buddy a home gym buddy exactly so I think that's all we have for today thank you so much for your article there Shauna and thank you as well to Evine for being a part of today's podcast I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode of the College Views News Review podcast And you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at The College View for regular updates. And I hope you tune in next time. That's all from me, Neve Kinsler. Thank you.